Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Man, I love that song. It's just an amazing song. Uh, what Mercy did for me. Hey, you can have a seat. And um, I just want to, uh, before we get started, this week, um, you know what rumble strips are? Does anybody know what a rumble strip is? You know, those things on the side of the road, right? You know, uh, that sort of allows you to wake up if you're sort of dozed off or have those moments of clarity when you're texting and driving. Or you got kids in the back seat and you turn around and look at them. I ain't going to tell you which three that I did. You figured it out. And so, but I do have four children. And those moments of clarity, man, allow you just to wake up real quick and jerk it back in line. And you sort of get your attention. It sort of startles you, right? And so I just began trying to figure out how much, you know, this week, those things actually cost to put in. And um, this might sound weird, but like a rumble strip costs anywhere, depending upon the contractor. And since government always makes more money than we do, I'm going to say on the heavy side of this, but anywhere from $500 to $6,000 per mile is how much it costs to put a rumble strip in. Some of you are in the wrong business. But I think the only people that, like, if you really evaluate those rumble strips, besides us that's driving, that sort of gets their attention, like it really, really gets their attention, is maybe a jogger that sort of trips in it, right? Or like a bicyclist, those little skinny tires, you know what I'm talking about? And I thought about this because I passed one this past week, but I feel sorry for the Amish buggies, all, I mean, going across the rumble strip. I mean, can you imagine talking like this the entire time, you know? And I started thinking about that and starting to evaluate that's a lot of money going into something on the side of the road just to get somebody's attention. It's a lot of resources that are being spent to get somebody's attention. But it does show this in the study that 47% reduction in total crashes have happened because they put in some rumble strips that cost some money. And 51% reduction in fatality crashes have happened simply because they put in rumble strips. Why have they done that? Why have they decided to put in some rumble strips on the sides of the road to keep us in this little lane? See, rumble strips are a proven and cost-effective countermeasure to lane departures. Lane departure crashes that brought on by drivers' drowsiness, distractions, or inattention. And I'll even add drunkenness. You see... In Ephesians this week, I was diving into Ephesians 5. It says this, in Ephesians 5, it says, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Now check this out in verse 14. It says, this is why, this is why it is said, wake up, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be careful, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil or limited. I think for some of you in here this morning, you needed to hear that. Before we even get started, you you see some things that are going on. Maybe this is a rumble strip for some of you and it's causing some discomfort. It's waking you up. You're looking at like, what's going on? Maybe that song is just mercy. You're singing it in a way that allows you just to be woken up. You, you walked up here with, with some drowsiness. You walked up here with being distracted, possibly even hungover, if we're just honest. 
You need to be woken up this morning and to understand there's a loving God ready to shine his light on you. There's a loving God ready to allow you to bask in his glory. But you gotta wake up because there's some evil days around us and ahead of us. And if not, you'll just be caught in it, caught up, constantly driving, and maybe even wrecking and going over that line. And I don't wanna see that happen. I don't wanna see that happen in your life, your family's life, your marriage, your finances. For some of you, you really need to be awoken by the Spirit of God this morning. And so I just wanna start off by praying that we are awoken we fully embrace what God's trying to do through us this morning. And we understand what love built. Jesus, hey, thank you so much for this morning. And thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of so many. As you continue, just allow us to embrace what you're trying to do through your Son, through your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I just pray this morning as we, we just dive into your word and we just ask their, your, your, your discernment on what we're trying to accomplish in life as we just literally take these next steps of faith, I just ask right now that you just be with us as we explore your word and we open up our hearts. In your name, amen. I would say thanks for joining us if you're new with us and if you're online, man, thanks for hanging out with us a little bit this morning. Um, as we continue the journey that, that set a table, set a table a couple weeks ago, man, the table keeps on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I just ask that you begin to understand what the table represents. And, but the first week we revealed that Love Built This is more than just a sermon series, more than just a catchy phrase, and more than just some posters on some walls. Um, it's, it's a movement of those who are following Jesus that have a desire to become people, uh, people that are disciple makers, and not just a physical location of disciple makers, but a, a, just an, an opportunity to love on and continuous movement towards God and changing lives that continuously change lives. And the only way we can do that is by centering and, and pointing and living in Jesus Christ and becoming fully devoted, becoming fully devoted in everything we say and do. And when we do that, it does change lives. It changes cultures. It changes, it changes trajectories in lives. And that's what today is all about. Uh, you cannot stop what happens next when people accept who Jesus is as their Lord, personal Savior, and it literally excites them to go out and share that story. You just can't stop how Jesus will take that. We have a phrase around here that says, when Jesus enters the house, what does it do? Everything changes. And that is so true. That is so true. Habakkuk 1.5, we kicked off a couple weeks ago with this verse, Habakkuk 1.5, and it says this in our, in our days and times, it says, be utterly amazed. All right, look at your neighbor real quickly. Come on, we're going to have to be alive with this. Look at your neighbor and say, be utterly amazed. Come on, say it with me. I know it's kind of funny. Be utterly amazed. That's right. Come on, say it one more time. Be proud. Say, be utterly amazed. That's right. So you're going to be utterly amazed here in a minute. You're going to be utterly amazed because I don't want you to come in here and be commonly amazed. If this is common, this is something wrong. It says, you're going to be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not even believe, even if you were told. Even if you were told, you're not going to believe. The question I have for us is who's ready for that? Will you believe it if it happened? Would you share it if it did? Would you go out and tell your next door neighbor, your best friend? I do believe that Jesus is getting ready to allow us to experience something special in a way that it changes lives. 
but I, but I also know that we are living in something special right now. And I believe with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, because when we follow Jesus, we experience utterly amaze that changes lives and it changes what we care about. The first week, we simply asked this small question, what does love require of me? And, and to sharing Jesus to your best friends, right? To sharing your story, your personal story, coming to know who Jesus is, where you work, where you live, where you play, school, right? See, it's beginning to invest with your time, your talent, and your treasure that you have been given. And when you do that, it changes lives. You see, we finished off our time that morning a couple weeks ago by asking everyone to consider partnering with us because we believe in what God's trying to do through us. And we can't do this alone. We can't do this with just a couple people, but we can do this with, as a family of God and as a community. We can change the lives of hundreds and thousands and millions of people. We believe that. We believe that. And that's what happens when love builds something. It doesn't matter what, what denomination you go to, what church you go to. It matters whether or not it, the love of Jesus is in your heart and you believe what God's doing in the movement of people. And so we launched a little idea called Love Built This. It's more of a campaign. And, and I hope you'll join and be a part. There's some envelopes in the back and you'll see these envelopes everywhere. But these envelopes represent something special for us because we're going to turn them in next week. And when we turn them in, we're just going to see what God does with it. And we're going to, if you don't know by now, there's a couple of signs on the side of a building down there on, on Main Street. And that's our new home. This fall, hopefully, we'll move into there and we'll just allow God to be the center of it. It'll be a teen center for for this community. There'll be some other things that are happening in there, hopefully a special needs unit for for people on Sunday morning with with children with special needs and and an auditorium that literally where where worship can happen and, and, and life can happen. Some counselors that are be actively involved inside that center as well. And we're just going to allow God to be the center of everything in that place and using it every single day of the week where it can change lives that do change lives. And your resources matter. You see, we ask you to come to the table and to pick up an envelope and start to pray over what has God asked from you. And when we do that, I hope it is is delivered out of love and and love will begin to build on something inside you that you begin to trust God in a way that allows us to see what God can do as we embrace his love and we do change a culture. And I do say this one word again over and over and over again. I do believe you'll be utterly amazed. You'll be utterly amazed what happens next. The second week we, we dove into 1 Corinthians and this love chapter, right? This love chapter you often hear, especially around weddings and stuff, but in 1 Corinthians 13, the Apostle Paul writes this love chapter in a way that allows us to embrace what we should be doing. And in verse 8, it says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It what? Come on, say it with me. It always protects, say it with me, always trusts and always hopes and always perseveres. It says, love never fails. You see, when you go after it in Jesus' name, it never fails. When Jesus is the center of everything, it doesn't fail. It doesn't know how to fail. Even when death tried to sneak in and rob it and darkness was there, guess what? Out from the grave he arose, right? And love never fails. You see, if love never fails, we ask you to sit at the table with us and really embrace this idea. Because I know some of you in this room have been hurt. 
And I know the hurt hurts really bad. But if, if we're going to allow love never fails to be one of the questions and, and ideas that we embrace, we have to love like we've never been hurt. And for some of you, that's a hard one. It's a hard one to overcome because simply we get in the way. We selfishly get in the way of what God's trying to do through us. But in order to to press forward, we have to love like we've never been hurt because love never fails. And so today, just in continuing that theme and continuing setting the table for what's to come and, and what's to come here, I really began to wonder this thought this week. As I jumped into my word and jumped into some spiritual conversations that I was having this week, I began to explore this word always. And my kids call me out on it some days. Dad, you're always on the phone. Dad, you're always there. Dad, you're always doing this. And that, that word always crept into my mind. And so I, I decided to really label this, this, this talk this morning this. Always love so people will know. Always love so people will know. And so the question that I want to propose to us this morning is, if someone who knows you very, 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 very well, what do you think they will say your always is? What is your always? What are you always doing? What would they say if I asked them? You're always doing this or that. Some of you don't know how to stop doing this, right? Some of you are getting on this right now, you know? And some of you, you know, you, you listen way too much. You don't talk enough. For some of you, it's social media. It's, it's this. You're always on it. Or maybe it's fantasy football. Had to call them out, guys. It's coming up. Maybe it's gaming. Maybe it's playing. Some of you, you play hard and, and maybe too long. Maybe it's just goofy. You may, you're just goofy. You're always goofy. You're always playing practical jokes. Maybe you're golfing. I don't know. Maybe you're goofy and golfing. I don't know. Maybe you're always looking for a fight. You ever met somebody like that? Every word that you say, they're ready to pick a fight. And they've just got so much bitterness built in. Maybe, maybe you're always just laughing. I, I, I love people that like literally laugh a lot. I, I love to be around them because it just makes my day better. They're always smiling. I think Mother Teresa said, you know, laughing is the beginning of a smile which can change the world. Some of you are texting. Some of you are always sleeping. You got to get out and enjoy the sun. It's amazing. It'll change your world. I promise you. Vitamin D helps. I'm telling you, just being honest. Some of you can't stop planning, right? You just just don't know how to stop planning. You're the most organized queen bee there ever was. You got post-it notes here. You got little bubbles there making everybody's counter sink. You're just constantly planning. And when it goes south, you know, it wasn't on the plan. It wasn't on the plan. I hate you guys, just being honest. (laughs) Got to be flexible, man. Follow Jesus, not your plans. Um, Maybe you're always working. I'm going to push into this one. Come on, parents. If your kid only sees you for 10 minutes a night, intimately, something's wrong. If they only get 10, 20 minutes worth of your valuable time, something's off-centered. If, they, if I wish to go to your child and say, what is your dad or your mom always doing? And they say, working. Something is wrong. There's no way you can take the Bible seriously when it says train up a child because you're letting other people do it. 
and God's given you one of the most blessings in the face of this earth is to be a parent. Take it seriously because it's serious business. What would people say if we asked what your always is? What if we asked your children? What if we asked your wife, your husband, your coworkers? Would any of them say this word right here I'm about to say? Would any of them say they're loving? Would anybody say that? I don't see any hands going up. Would anybody say, man, they are the most loving person in the face of this planet. They're always loving. They're always bringing me coffee. They're always loving that. I mean, it's just, they're always giving me hugs. They're always, it's kind of freaky. But you know, it's, would they say that? What about loving God? Would they be able to say they're always loving God? They're singing K-Love when they walk in. They're singing K-Love when they walk out. They're singing K-Love when they go to the bathroom. You know, what, 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 what would they, how would they say that? What about your neighbor? Could you tell that you're always loving your neighbor by the actions that you do? For some of you, you're mowing your yard and you know that yard needs to be mowed, but you're just kind of selfish with your time. And you're like, I ain't got time. And you put the mower up. Oh, I, I nailed one, didn't I? Because <laughs> it's true. Sometimes it's, it's just as easy to walk out and take your trash out and the little rolly things and, and roll your neighbors out as well. It, it makes a big difference on how you love your neighbor. Anyone? Loving? You see, Jesus says it this way. And if Jesus speaks this way, we should at least have ears to hear is what the Bible says. In John 13, 35, it says it this. It says, by this, everyone will what? What's that word? Oh, come on, say it a little bit louder. I think you, I think you know how to read this morning. Come on. By this, everyone will. Yeah, there it was. They will always know. They will know that you are my what? Disciples. If you love one another. If you love one another. You see, if we are always too busy to love God and to, to others, then it filters over to others, then how do we do what he says? You see, Matthew 28 talks about we must go make disciples by what? Teaching, by baptizing, and following the commands. Following, we always leave that one out. We get the baptizing right, we get, we get the teaching right, but we forget the commands. We forget the commands. And he's left so many commands for us to follow. But if you're not into your word, if you're not loving the word of God, how in the world is the word of God changing you? Because you cannot allow this one moment right here for this one 30-minute talk change your life through the week. It's impossible. But you spending time in the Word and seeking the Father will change everything in your life. It says, the following the commands he left. You see, if you don't know, Jesus had a brother. And Jesus' brother was named James. And he's an amazing character, but you need to go read it a little bit, especially in the book of James. He's got some interesting conversation pieces with Jesus, and he's following in his footsteps. He really wasn't a full-out-blown disciple until after Jesus rose from the grave. And I don't know how much, you know, how much that takes to, to believe, go all in after someone rises from the grave. I mean, I you know, but there's miracles happening everywhere. You're, you know, I don't believe you're the Messiah, but all of a sudden you rise from the grave. Oh, you're the Messiah. You know, it doesn't take much faith to do that one. But James is now in charge of everything, especially inside the church. And the brother of Jesus simply put this one-liner in the Bible. And I hope it will wake you up this morning. 
I hope it will wake you up in a way that you see that you're, maybe your life is not where it needs to be. Maybe you're, you're getting ready to go over these rumble strips and you feel them. You even know you're going over them, you know, and you just don't care. You're talking like this to your wife. You maybe did that this morning. And you just don't care. But these rumble strips are designed to wake you up. And I pray these words wake you up. Because this is the brother of, of Jesus. And he says this in James 1.22. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. But do what it says. Do what it says. I feel like there's a lot of people who are just going through the motions and they're literally jumping up and down from week to week and they're just... They're on rumble strips, and you're not supposed to be on the rumble strips. Do you not know that destroys your tires? Like when I get on, we, we like to sing songs and see how long I can stay on them, you know? Even now they have them in the middle of the lanes, and they have those little reflectors over there. You know, you're not supposed to be on those things. You're supposed to be where it is safe for your tires. You're supposed to be right there in the middle of the white and the yellow. Not the double L. For some of you, man, you're just hanging out. You're drifting from side to side, hitting those rumble strips like it's fun. You're all over the place. You're deceiving yourself because you're coming in here, you're getting some food, and you're going back out and living that lifestyle that you choose to live. You're not devoting yourself to anything. You're not even challenging yourself to, to something better. You're just, you're sleeping. You're sleeping on what God could do through you. I you don't know the story of why those light bulbs in the orange room, why we decided those are the moment of clarity for a lot of people because this is awesome, but when you have to walk up a ladder that's kind of wrinkly dinkly and you get up there and you have to screw in a light bulb, that is, that is, that, that's the real moment, man, of letting your light shine because there's other people now watching you. There's people watching to see if this is real or if this is emotion. And I'm telling you, I feel like a lot of people in our culture are just going through the motions because week after week we have people going to church and they just say one thing, but then the weekday they live another way. They gossip, they slander. They do everything else. And we get called hypocrites. No wonder people don't like to come to church because we're not following what the word says. We don't even know what the commands are some days. You see, I asked, I asked it this way, though. What do you love? What do you love? How are you loving? Can people always see you loving God? You see, one of our values here at Centerpoint says this, we will give up the things we love for the thing we love more. For sometimes on, on a Friday night, it, it, it is probably a good thing to go hang out with some friends and culture and do some fun things, but maybe the wisest thing is to be over here investing into what you love more and that next-door neighbor and being the hands and feet to Jesus. Or maybe it's to, to, to dig a little deeper in your resources and make sure that person across the street or, or down the street, you know, or maybe you want to help out with a, with a nonprofit. I, I don't know, but with, with your time, your talent, and your treasure, what are you doing? What are you loving more? I, I know so some of you, it's, it's getting ready to be boat season. And, and there'll be some people in this room that, that skip out of church. And, and I, 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 hey, if you, if you had any boat time, go, go have some boat time with family. I hope it's with family. 
just to skip out early, just to go because you're there every single week. And, and then the next thing you know, you're spending a lot more money there, gas, that broken propeller because your wife hit the rock, you know, and everything else that goes along with it. You're, 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 you're pulling away from what God could do through you. And I'm just challenging you to consider what are the things that you're loving that you probably don't need to love as much if you're passionately in love with Jesus. In other words, let's, let's ask it this way. What are you gonna change what you care about in order to see people come to know Jesus? You see, we can say one thing and agree to this idea, but if our actions say different because of the way we want it, the way we get it, then that's selfish actions. That's not godly actions. Let me say it this way. Just because it's written on the walls, it does not mean it's happening down the halls. And I think there's a lot of things that's tattooed on your arms or tattooed on the walls that are not happening in, in your lives. It's not happening in your halls of your homes or halls of churches or halls at work. It's just a saying. You see, Jesus was so passionate about loving people so they would know who he followed. You see, one day he was being questioned by some religious leaders of the time and they were trying to trip him up with, with the Mosaic law, which is the Ten Commandments. You know, the story that most people grew up in church with and had, you know, some kind of play and some kind of staff and big stone tablets, you know. Maybe if you're not, you know, involved in church as a child, you, you, you saw this movie, right? In the 80s and 90s, if you're, if you're a prodigal of that, that, that time era, every Easter man, uh, Carlton Hester on TV, you know, the little staff rising the Red Sea parts, right? You couldn't miss it. It was on every channel. And that would never happen today, would it? That's just crazy to begin to think about how we once lived. But in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, Moses was leading his people out of captivity. And since they had trouble following what God said to do, he gave gave these 10 things to follow, to make life better. To make life better because God makes life better and life is better with God. It just is. You see, in chapter 20, these, these, these things that used to be in schools or in courtrooms, we used to know them by heart. But now, if I wish to ask everyone in here, we're probably lucky to name three or four, possibly five. And we maybe, maybe some days we quote them for our vantage point, to gain selfish pleasure or knowledge or to over somebody But my question is, is how can we claim to love God if we can't even follow the first one? And some of you are like, what's the first one again? I don't remember. No, it's not stealing. Good try, though. It's not killing. That's bad. There it is. It's not covenant. It's not honor mom and dad, but it is. There shall not be what? No other gods before me. No other gods before me. And so when we lean into this idea of love, if God so loved the world, right, that he gave his one and only begotten son, if we know that and we, have, we know that there's no other God before me, what do you love? What do you love more? We put God, right, to the side some days because we place other things in front of him, which causes us to, to fool ourselves or like James says, deceive ourselves by always leading others away from Jesus because of what we say, what we do, and what we live. You see, we can drag our neighbor to church because that's the culture thing to do. 
But Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So when was the last time you loved someone with Jesus? Because you put God first in everything. You talked about Jesus around the round table. I know it's gonna sound awkward when you're at work, but you love God more. You loved on someone with Jesus' love because that's how you roll. You put God first in everything. There's no more other gods. No more other gods in your life except one. And you're gonna be obedient to him when he says, love thy neighbor. Love me. Follow me. There is no way a person will know who you follow if you can't get this one commandment down. It's, it's going to look kind of fuzzy. It's going to look kind of weird. It's, it's just it's a cultural thing to go to church and then live the way you want to live. You see, there's no way we can make disciples unless we allow God to be at the center of everything and we say and do and allow him to lead us every step of the way. It changes lives. That changes lives, by the way. See, in the book of Luke, Jesus was being questioned about what was the greatest of all the laws by some of the religious leaders of the time, and, and they were trying to literally trip him up. And, and Jesus answered it this way, Luke 10, verse 27. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, love changes everything especially when you figure out who you follow and then what to do with it. You see, when we begin to always love like Jesus asked us to do, then we experience changed lives that really do change lives. And I'm really excited for these four right here in these blue shirts today because that's what they have the opportunity to do. I love the fact that they're going public this morning right here in this blue water. Kind of cold this morning, just being honest. You know, but it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great because they have the story to tell. I was freezing in this water, but this is what happened on the inside. This is what took place. There was so much love in the room. People were shouting and screaming, and it kind of freaked my grandma out. But let me tell you about Jesus, because Jesus is what matters the most. It was a packed house, and people really just, it was nuts. People loved me. People cared for me because they love the fact that I'm going all in and wanted to declare my devotedness to Jesus. You see, that's a game changer in our culture because people don't talk like that anymore. But see, what we know is back in the day, the only thing that people had was each other, the Holy Spirit, and themselves. I mean, that's it. They had the culture around them and they were moving rapidly, and they were changing lives through the Holy Spirit. And if we know anything about the way the, the Bible works and the way God works, he, God is God. God gave us Jesus, and then when Jesus left, he gave us the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit lives today that's going in, in these guys' hearts, these lives, and, and it's going to change their trajectory of what they're going to be doing and saying. And, and you're going to hear some powerful sermons here in a second that are three minutes long that can change lives and I'm excited about it because I know it can change a culture you see the apostle Paul was was dead on by saying wake up this morning and stop falling asleep because we need to step into the light 
Because when we do, there is no space for darkness. There's no more room for rumble strips. You see, we use this word that we like to use. I'm just busy. I, 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 I I get too busy. Who makes your schedule, by the way? You see, we put in it what we want to do or the things we love. When we embrace this word love, God, get ready with all your hearts, with all your soul, with all your strength, all your mind, and go love your neighbor. You'll impact the world in a way that, honestly, if we can just use this word again, you're gonna be utterly amazed. You're gonna be utterly amazed not commonly amazed. I don't want this to be a common thing. I want this to be an utterly amazed moment that changes lives and starts a movement that ripples out from here all across the world. But you gotta do one thing first. You gotta love God. And so we're getting ready to sing a song and these guys, the team's getting ready to come up here and sing with me. But in the song, you know, it talks about You'll split the sea so I could walk right through it. And for some of you, you're looking at the, what's ahead of you and you're just like, there's no way I can do that. There's, there's, there's just no way. And maybe it's the fear of losing friends or trusting God with your time, your resources, your talents. But in this song, we're, we're getting ready to sing. I'm telling you, this is not just a Carlton Hester moment where he rises the staff and the, st- by the way, it's a really cool moment in the movie but it's real. When you start to love God, get ready for things just to start to part and you're gonna start to see things like you've never been able to experience before simply because you decided to love God and you put him first in everything. When we know that he loves you so much, when we start to know that and we start to believe that and we start to receive that, it changes lives and people will know how much we love him because we always will be talking about his love. His love that never fails. And so for the day, we ask one thing. As they start to sing and as we start to wind down and we start to pray, these guys here in this front row are going public with their faith. And if you don't know how we like to do things up here, we like to ask you to move and feel free to move. And as we move, we're just going to pray over them. We're going to pray over the the baptism waters, but at the same time, maybe you just need to reach out and pray here at the altar. Maybe you need to pray with your spouse or family, your friends, but you just, you just follow what God's doing. You'll be obedient to the Holy Spirit in a way that can literally change your life. And, and as we go, we're just gonna trust God, but more importantly, we're gonna be utterly amazed. So let's pray, and uh, we're just gonna sing some songs here and then begin our going public moment, and we're just gonna watch what God does. So Jesus, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for what you're doing. But more importantly, we just ask one thing. You allow us to all to be experiencing this one or two words here, utterly amazed, that allows us to go all in with our faith. Even if you tell us what's about to happen, we wouldn't believe it. Because we have fear, we have doubts, we have things in our lives that just say, you know what, there's just no way. But you made a way. You made a way through Jesus. And now you released his, his love through the Holy Spirit in a way that can change lives. And so, Father, this morning, I just pray that over our folks who are listening, who have ears to hear. Some of them are driving down this road of life, and they're, 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 they're literally going past these rumble strips, and they're crashing in the guardrails, and they're going over the guardrails. 
because they're just not knowing that they are loved. And when we are loved, we should follow what love looks like and we should be obedient to what love looks like. We should go all in on learning more about your word and allowing it to change our hearts and change our minds and change our souls and changing the trajectory of everything else around us. So Father, that's my prayer. Move us. Move us in a way that changes lives and allows us to be utterly amazed. In your name.